anytime Matt Harvey pitches, you know it's going to be a fun podcast. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. All right, non-zero chances back together. Adam Azer at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R on Twitter. Heath Cummings at Heath Cummings Senior at Heath Cummings SR at CBS Scott White and at C Towers CBS. Okay, let's do our favorite segment. Three people disagree about Matt Harvey and Adam doesn't commit to an opinion. Go ahead, guys. Scott had to show up for the podcast today just to defend uh, (laughs) Matt Harvey. He knew that uh, he's not supposed to be on the show on Thursdays, but he knew Matt Harvey pitched (laughs) yet, and he had to. He came running into the office wearing his Matt Harvey jersey. (laughs) Oh, you have a Matt Harvey jersey. How about that? I don't have a Matt Harvey. And a Batman mask. That part is fabricated. Hey, Um, you'll be happy to know, Scott White, that I picked up Matt Harvey this morning in a league he was dropped in. Oh, well, I hope I have the opportunity to do that soon. I am all about (laughs) Matt Harvey disappointing for the next several weeks that i would be perfectly fine with that because every time he doesn't go out and dominate he becomes all the more affordable and i think we're getting close to the point where people will think about dropping him and i won't have to pay anything for him he's Mm -hmm. throwing 97 98 miles per hour again his command is all off so of course he's not doing well but it's only a matter of time i think before that gets back on track. I, wow. Very interesting S- moment yesterday. Scott is the propaganda minister of the Democratic <laughs> Republic of Matt Harvey. I didn't know if he was going to defend him today uh, that he uh, did. So. Very inter- no, we it was established yesterday as the in the first inning of that starts as he gave up a triple and, and a double. Scott asked I asked Scott at what point does his performance matter. And Scott basically said, not this year. <laughs> like, it does not matter if he's ever good this year, I will still believe in Matt Harvey. Is that true, Scott? That this year? I, I will still believe him. If, if he doesn't get regain the command at any point this season, I will consider him a sleeper going into next season, unless, of course, there's some other injury. What about next season? Or he somehow loses velocity. I yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually there comes a point where... Well, April next year will be too early in the year. Uh-huh. So, like, May 15th, <laughs> to the, one year from today. May 17th, 2018. My wife doesn't defend me as much <laughs> well, as I defend Matt Justin yeah. Verlander. <laughs> Justin Verlander. Yeah. He maintained good stuff throughout a rocky two-and-a-half-year period, and some, suddenly he was back to Cy Young. So, May of 2019? Oh, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I can't put... Uh, obviously, <laughs> I his, want value, a hard date. his value is going to shift with perception, but... Here's Look, what I'll say. I, I think it's going to happen at some point this year. Otherwise, I wouldn't be so interested in acquiring him. What, what I will say is, I, if I owned Matt Harvey, which I don't, and Chris is a fraud because he does and he won't trade him away. Nobody will trade him to me. But I literally, there is no trade. We we all tried to come oh, up with no, There, there might Eichoff. be now that Freddie Freeman's hurt. Oh, Jer- yeah, maybe. Jared Eikhoff. <laughs> maybe. Jared, um, Jared Eikhoff or Matt Harvey? That's a good question. I, Who would I'd you rather take? have Eikhoff. I've dropped Harvey to about 50. 55 somewhere in my rankings. Oh, and it sounds like it's lower. I pretty much decided I'm not dropping him any farther. Further, oh. whatever. I'm not. He's not going down any more than that because because you think I'm right to an no. extent. The performance doesn't really matter. It's all just no. Not because of that. Okay. Because I don't think there are 
very many pitchers. Like maybe when Matz is fully healthy, I move him ahead of Harvey. I don't necessarily believe that Harvey's going to figure it out and ever being as good as he was before, but there's still that chance and there aren't pitchers below him. That's basically right. what I'm saying. I you're just him. using different well, words. I know. Uh, that's I, not I, really I what you're saying. The way I, much, him, I, like, I have him 44th. How, how different is that really? I view him like Taiwan Walker. It's someone that like, if he figures it out, could potentially be good. But there's no reason to believe he will. Well, oh, except that he, except that he's been amazing. There's no reason. Yeah, except that Matt Harvey was once one of the best pitchers in baseball. Okay. Taiwan Walker never was. It's a, it's a spotty record from what he's recovering three, from. Three years ago, it's not. he has a 4.86 last ERA last year, where he actually, I will say, pitched better than that. His peripherals indicated that he had. And he was hurt. He was and pitching then hurt. this season, coming off of a major surgery, he has a 5.56 ERA. And you can argue he's been lucky because he has a 642 FIP. Matt Harvey has arguably been the worst pitcher in baseball this he, season. He hasn't pitched very well. Excuse and I'm me. Not he's been that. arguably I, the worst would, pitcher in baseball. I'm not going to start him. I, I wouldn't be starting him right now. But And his velocity's not where it was three years ago. It's back to where it was last year. Uh, he did, he threw 97 yesterday, and, 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 and Harvey did say it was the best he's felt in two years. So if you want to believe... <laughs> That's been three times in a row. If you want to believe, then you can believe. If not, then, then you he can be Chris. He 94.7 miles per hour with his fastball last year, or yesterday, which is where he was last year for the most part. And not where he was at his peak when he was averaging 96, 97 with his fat. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> to wrap this up, uh, I dropped Francisco Liriano for Matt Harvey. Hopefully you all will have the opportunity to do something like that. I think even Chris would probably drop Francisco Liriano for Matt Harvey. Sure. Not on the DL yet. And I also think that Chris should really think about calling him the worst pitcher in baseball when Robert Gazelman is, uh, his teammate. Robert Gazelman's not in the rotation anymore. Want to hear something? But, and he fun. pitched poorly out of the bullpen yesterday, so. Chris, Chris currently has Matt Harvey ranked higher than I do. Yeah, I need to update my ranking. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's less what a fraud. fraud. <laughs> Lesson learned. Okay, welcome to the Thursday show, everybody. Here we go. We have a lot more to talk about, including, um, today is underachievers day. I have six underachievers that people are not considering dropping, but, uh, they are underachieving. Christian Yelich, Addison Russell, uh, Adam Jones, Andrew McCutcheon. Of course, McCutcheon goes out and steals two bags yesterday. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who hopefully is turning it around, and D. Gordon, who is the number 18 second baseman. I'll get your thoughts on those guys. We've got some buy or sell for you, uh, which I got through Twitter and one through email. We will talk about the standouts from yesterday, the big news, including uh, the the sad diagnosis for Jamison Tyone. But you know what? It's does you know very very treatable. So. Um, we knew that was likely to be the case, but he does have testicular cancer. You know, I, I just got to talk about that real quick because, you know, I, I kind of hate putting it this way, but I've gotten a lot of questions and I've somewhat ignored them on dropping Jamison Tyone. Uh, what should fantasy owners do? It's That's an impossible question to answer. We We just don't know what it means. Like, he was cleared yesterday to begin throwing again and working out. Um, but how how do we say whether he's going to, Pitch again this year. Just, I, I would be trying to hold to for say. now. I'd be trying to hold probably for now. I mean, it, you could put him on the DL if you're out of DL spots. I mean, it would just depend on how many pitchers you have on the DL. If he's one's the only player on my team that's on the disabled list that I don't have room for on the DL, then I probably keep him. If you're one of those teams with five guys in the DL and two slots, then you probably drop him. I think we might get more of a timetable on Jamison Tyone 
fairly soon. So yep. if you could wait a week maybe, that might be a good idea. Um, okay. Wednesday standouts. What did you guys think of Matt Harvey? No, uh, who stood out to you on Wednesday? Chris Towers, why don't you kick it off? Um, can someone else go? Keith Cummings, go why don't you kick it off? Who stood out to you on Wednesday? Scott's ready. Scott's I'm, ready. I'm ready. Scott I'm ready. ready. I, I've been wanting, I missed my chance to talk about this guy Tuesday. I want to talk about him now. Justin Smoke at only, uh. I think, 27% ownership. He is a highly available Freddie Freeman replacement if you're in the market for one, which I imagine a lot of people will be. That that looked like a bad injury. We don't know the extent of it yet. But even if it's just a bruise, DL stints probably in order. So Justin Smoke, um, four home runs in his last seven games, nine overall. Now, Justin Smoke has been a bad player in fantasy. Home runs, hitting home runs wasn't necessarily his problem, just hitting any other, getting any other type of hit was an issue. His strikeout rate is way down this year. And that's not the explanation in and of itself. There's an explanation for why the strikeout rate is down this year. Matt, uh, Justin Smoke came up as a top prospect for the Rangers during the height of the, the Moneyball era when walks were all anybody cared about from hitters. So he was naturally one of those hitters who he walked a lot in the minors he worked the count a lot in the majors, um, and you know that seemed like a good thing. Now he has made the adjustment, looking for fastballs earlier in the count, so that he doesn't leave himself vulnerable to a pitcher's off-speed arsenal, breaking balls and such. And he's having a much better time hitting the ball and hitting the ball with authority as a result. It it makes sense because you know in the minor leagues. A lot of pitchers are basically only throwing fastballs, so you can have more, you can, you can work deep in the count and not have that much of an issue, still remain an elite prospect. But, uh, in the majors, he had more trouble and it's taken him a long time to figure it out. So I, I feel like it's another Yonder Alonso situation. Guy who was once a top prospect, went a long time without living up to his, uh, pedigree and then makes an adjustment that allows him to take off. Justin Smoke, might be doing that this year. Okay, Smoke is 27% owned. He is the most added first baseman right now. If we look at the top five most added first baseman, and we consider that Freddie Freeman, is, as you guys mentioned, left with the got hit by a pitch on the wrist yesterday, and Miguel Cabrera has a grade one oblique strain and is expected to miss a few days, and I think we all should be a little skeptical about that. Uh, yep. It's an oblique strain. So people should probably be looking for first baseman right now. Also, uh, Yonder Alonso, who happens to be the most second, uh, the second most added first baseman left with an injury. That one might just be minor. But uh, the other four, other than Alonzo in the top five, are Justin Smoke, Logan Morrison, who homered again yesterday, uh, Justin Bohr, and Tommy Joseph. They're all pretty available. They go from 27% owned to 41% owned. Smoke, Logan Morrison, Justin Bohr, and Tommy Joseph. Who would be your top two in that group? Smoke and Joseph. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I I have not. I don't have any Freddie Freeman, and the only place I have Miguel Cabrera is where Team Kreese drafted him, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, so I I'm not probably going to be adding any of these guys, but I I'd I rather guess have Smoke's the hottest right now. I'd rather have Joseph than Smoke. I just I don't buy it with Smoke. Like the track record's too long. Um, oh, but you buy it with Yonder Alonso because he's made. Because, because you just like the explanation more. Well, because okay, he's made enough. legitimate 
changes. I like. Wait, I didn't just explain no, no, a legitimate no, was, change. That was, Scott was talking sure. for a long time. About sure. Those changes, <laughs> but I I don't know if that's a change that sticks quite as much. You didn't say fly because ball. it's. I didn't say. I didn't say the magic I, I word of 2017. I literally <laughs> wrote a piece yesterday about someone who's doing really well while hitting fewer fly balls. So, but it's still the fly <laughs> Thanks, ball was guys. still included in it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> who who who? Yonder Alonso. No, Yasmani <laughs> Grandal. Or yeah, Yasmani Grandal. Sorry. See, uh, yeah, I read it. Both hurricanes, don't worry about it. So, uh, actually, uh, was reading no, on- My point is, Yonder Alonso's doing something okay. he is controlling. Justin Smoke, like, okay, he's getting more fastball, he's attacking more fastballs early in the count, and if a pitcher throws him a curveball early in the count, does that just screw up the whole thing? I, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Find out if the pitchers adjust in a way that's sustainable for them. Uh, but, I, I mean, Joseph's hot too, so I, and you know, he, he had a good OPS as a rookie last year. I think he's a worthy pickup. I, I did feature Morrison in today's waiver wire. Uh, well, it won't go up until this afternoon. But, uh, Logan Morrison just more as a hot hand play. Just, I mean, 11 home runs. I, I don't really buy the changes he's making, but I think he's usable right now. And then, he's not most added, but Josh Bell is only 53% owned. He hit his eighth home run yesterday, which puts him on pace for more than 30 with good strikeout to walk ratio. Um, could stand to gain some batting average points, his batting, his BABIP says. So I, I think he's also a good pickup. All right, that's Josh Bell. So there are some, it's just tough. I mean, it, it's not tough. It's, it's nice that we have a lot of corner infield options, but, uh, sometimes it's tough to justify rostering them, like, you know, just because it's a deep position. But, but with the recent injuries, it opens well, yeah, things up like a little bit. Like these guys get hot, and I think, man, I've got to move them up in my rankings, even though I'm not really buying it. And I have a hard time getting in, getting them into my top 30 at first base. Well, who's, who's, so many first basemen. Who's at the end of your top 30 at first base? That's a great question. I will get my first base rankings pulled up shortly, but I was not directly looking at them. I think Tommy <laughs> Joseph is right in that range. You have him 33rd. You have Ryan Healy 30th. And yeah, I have Tommy Joseph 30th. Yeah, I have Healy 29th and Joseph 30th. So we're all about the same range. That's, you know, getting 30 deep at an infield position. That's getting <laughs> right. pretty hard to roster in a mixed league. Very. Yeah, I have Brad Miller 32nd. Like, the, the first base is just ridiculous. And you're playing a lot of those guys at different positions. Yes. Yeah. But, obviously, if you had Freddie Freeman, you were probably missing all the other pickups at first base because you're like, oh, I have first base solved. So right. they need to go that deep at the position. And you might as well just ride the hot hand. I'm not sure the differences in the rankings are are so significant. Just, you know, pick up pick up who's contributing now. Chris, Heath, any any uh, standouts? Um we should talk about Garrett Cole's continued uh continued run of solid pitching. He doesn't look like the 2015 version of himself, mostly because the strikeout rate's not there. Um, but he looks much improved from last year, I would say. Yeah, he's had a very good stretch, Garrett Cole. How much Garrett Cole have you guys watched this year? Not a ton. I've watched a couple starts. I don't think he's pitched at Miller Park yet. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about his breaking pitches. Like, he still concerns me as a guy that just got, that just relies so much on his fastball and has, doesn't have this great, like, I, I'm just wondering if, like, now's the time to it's, sell Garrett Cole. He's throwing his fastball less than he ever has, actually. How, what are, like, are the swinging strike and rates about, good on the curveball or, or on the breaking pitches? Um, I'm actually looking at his page right now. It looks like he's 
relying much more on the curveball than ever before. Okay. Uh, I, another guy that's not striking people out even less than Garrett Cole is, or not striking them out more. I mean, Garrett Cole's strikeout rate is still above average. Right. This this guy's is not, but uh, Andrew Kashner has a two four five ERA now, <laughs> and he more more seven, walks than strikeouts. What's that? Twenty one walks, nineteen strikeouts for Andrew Kashner. Only walked one in seven innings yesterday. Right, but he's striking out like two guys a start. Yeah, uh, and like he wasn't striking people out when he was throwing 97. <laughs> we're not letting him. throwing. We're considering a like, we were making as many be a genie puns as we could because we thought he was going to be on our fantasy teams for a long time and I think everybody's done with that. Like we're considering a oh. lot of bad pitchers. This is a guy that's But most got of them it. don't have a 5-1-0 FIP. I understand. So it's like Helixson, you know? Off a 4-8-4 FIP. Okay, just completely ignore it. I'll look forward to the next terrible pitcher that will get convinced by one good start. Okay, how about this one? How about Matt Garza, 26% over? There we go. Yes, much, much better than Andrew Kashner. I like Garza better than Andrew Kashner. Yeah, I mean, this guy did change his approach. He being less aggressive with the fastball, using the breaking pitches more. And more sliders, more swings and misses. Yeah, and look, he faced the Padres and only struck out three of them last night, and he's not exactly tearing it up with strikeouts. But look, I'll I'll be consistent here. I am also not buying Matt Garza. Thank I'm not you. buying Matt Garza, but I'm not, but I'm not sure that he's not someone that you want to use in a good matchup. Like I don't know that he's one of the worst options like he's been the last couple of years, Matt Garza. But I'll put it this way: I'll, I'll keep Biagini over them. Okay. Both. All right, yeah, Biagini got roughed up by the Braves. This is a, that's a tough ballpark to pitch in. Man, that's a, that is a hitter's haven right now, that, that new Braves ballpark. He had one base, he had a one whip in that game. So that, that kind of puts it in perspective. Um, alright, you know what? Let's, let's do this last standout and then we'll move on with the show. We got a lot of buy or sell to get to. How about Zach Cozart, guys? Cozart, uh, apparently he homers like every game at Wrigley Field and he's done that twice in a row now, but he's 77% owned. Cozart is the number three shortstop in points leagues, number six in Roto. He's batting 350 with four homers. Two steals, but 20 walks, 24 strikeouts, 11 doubles, and four triples for Zach Cozart, who's had some pop uh, in the past. So is this a legit breakout for Cozart? This started in 2015, really. Um, he started walking more in 2015. He sustained that and continued to improve on it uh, ever since. He's been hitting for more power over the last three seasons as well. Now, he only has four home runs, but he also has four triples and 11 doubles, so there's been plenty of power there for him. Um, and his hard hit rate has risen four years in a row now. I'll give you some comparisons. Zach Cozart or Didi Gregorius? Cozart. Yeah, yeah, I'll say Cozart. Cozart or Jed Jerko? Jerko. Jerko. Scott? Actually, I think, yeah, I have Cozart ahead of him. Yeah, I think I'll say Cozart and Peralta's about to come back. I worry a little about Jerko's playing time still. Cozart or Addison Russell? Russell. 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 All right. Let's do the big news. So Cabrera, grade one, oblique strain, a few days, they say. Uh, Freeman hit by the pitch on the wrist. Josh Donaldson did not suffer a setback, but won't be back this weekend. So let's hope for this week, or next week, rather. And Troy Tulowitzki was supposed to come back today. He needs a few more days. Mark Melanson is back. I just want to say this, that I picked up Matt Harvey, as I mentioned, and I could have dropped Derek Law, but I have um, Melanson. 
I'm keeping Law. Just I just want to see like one or two good outings from Melanson because I hate when pitchers convince managers that they're ready to come back, which is what happened here. Who did that just happen with? Where he said he came? Oh, uh, it was Zach Britton. He came yeah. back early, went back on the DL. So so they were planning on activating Melanson Friday. Instead, they took him off the DL last night. He said he's ready. I'm gonna be cautious. You you all do what you want. I I need to see something from him this weekend before I start up next week. I think. Yeah, but it's just that he, Bruce Bochy said Melanson insisted that he's adamant that he's ready to come back, and that I think <laughs> is kind of a, just a, a bit of a red flag. So anyway, uh, Trevor Cahill on the DL with a shoulder strain. Do we have any timetable for this? It sounds like a short-term injury, but no, not a not a clear timetable. Mm, Gregory Polanco is on the DL with a hamstring injury, and Adam Frazier has been off the DL, and he has led off in four straight games. So maybe NL only. You want to take a look at Adam Frazier. And the Marlins are considering moving David Phelps to the rotation. Phelps, by the way, has been great in his last 10 appearances. He's allowed three hits and no runs, but five walks. And last year as a starter, David Phelps had a 2.22 ERA and a 184 opponent's batting average and 24 and a third. He was really interesting last year when he made the jump because he he saw his velocity jump way up in the bullpen, and it actually sustained. Uh, when he moved over to the rotation, and then after like four starts, he pretty much immediately got hurt. Um, but he's interesting. Yeah. Well, how about this? Be a genie or, or Phelps? If Phelps goes to the rotation, Phelps. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Phelps. All right, David Phelps. He's out there. He might be someone. He, and he's obviously RP eligible. He might want to. Look, they haven't made it official, but they need some rotation help. I saw somebody pick him up in one of my deeper leagues last night, and I wondered what that was about. And apparently this is what it's about. Now we know. <laughs> um, okay, this I just copied and pasted right from the AP story because I didn't know the best way to, to phrase it. So, a South Korean court upheld a suspended prison sentence for Pirates infielder Jung Ho Gong over a drunken driving conviction, a ruling that may complicate his plans to rejoin the Pirates for the baseball season. Oh, he still planned to do that? <laughs> yeah, so we can drop Jung Ho Gong? Like three months ago. Okie dokie. Wasn't quite three months ago, but. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Alex Rodriguez is going to make his color commentary debut tonight. That's going to be great. And Yoan Moncada is expected to go on the deal with a sore thumb. And Albert Pujols left with hamstring tightness. They're calling it precautionary, but just be aware, you're, you might not be getting Pujols in your lineup for a while because he's got ten road games coming up and six of them are in NL parks. So he'll be, he'll be on the bench a lot, it seems, Albert Pujols. Can we go back to yeah, go ahead. real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I didn't hear any outrage over that possibly being on purpose. Oh, there were there were a couple bench clearing incidents. Right, that before oh, that. Oh, because of the Kevin Pillar thing. Before no, that, the right? Bautista thing. Oh, okay, Bautista yeah. bat flipped, and oh. Freeman said something to him as he was going around first base, and Bautista turned and looked at him. Oh, really? And that caused one of the incidents. Classic. Like, I just can't imagine that it wasn't on purpose. Well, he get mad at the Blue Jays. Freddie Freeman learned at the at the school of Brian McCann baseball policing. So, well, I I think it may have been interpreted as on on purpose, maybe. But I mean, if you look at how he hit him, like yeah, the the backhand is a very small target to try and hit. Wouldn't you try and hit the shoulder or the butt or whatever? It didn't look that intentional. No, it is. uh, Blame the Blue Jays. I I will say I I did write a big uh, long piece about how Freddie Freeman's elite now. And it never got edited or published, so good thing that just might die. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so it can be, uh, 
you know, kind of a like a, a here's what you're like missing. a eulogy yeah. for him. Yeah. How about the? I don't know if it's hypocrisy, but the like double standard of yeah, but World Baseball Classic's great. Baseball players need to express themselves more. They need to make it more fun for the kids. And then Jose Bautista shouldn't flip that damn bat. I don't. I don't think the same people are doing those two things. The main thing I saw was like people were comparing because they were down like five when he hit that home run. Yeah, and people were comparing it to a safety celebrating a big hit when his team's down thirty-five <laughs> zero. Yeah, it's kind of like true. It looks dumb. It's Except that true. bat flips are always good and should be celebrated at all times. Like I don't think of a bat flip as being really uh like something preconceived in a player's head. This it's one just was kind of. This one, I mean, okay. yeah, this one was not a random bat flip. It was, yeah, it was cool. epic. It Good. was, it was bat flips after every home run. So let's do some buy or sell part one. We'll try to do a little bit more uh, later. But first, I got to tell you about ZipRecruiter, and that website again is ZipRecruiter.com/strike. It is a free offer for you. Look, spring training's over, baseball's in full swing, and you fantasy owners have to build yourself a good fantasy roster, and companies aren't any different. Successful businesses need top talent. Where do you go when you need to scout for new employees? The answer needs to be ZipRecruiter, because you can't find the best candidates by posting your job to just one site. You need multiple sites. You need all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click, and then their awesome, powerful technology is going to match the right people to your position. And, and that's what makes ZipRecruiter different. Unlike other job sites, it doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. You don't have to juggle emails or calls. Just screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place on ZipRecruiter.com. And right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Buy or sell part one. First, this cool tweet from Aiden. I love this family feud stuff. Uh, Aiden says, I'm in first place in my league and I'm beating my dad. He listens to the podcast, so you should read this on the show. Done. Thank Hi. you, Aiden. I thought you meant family feud the game show. Well, there's that too. We, you missed that, Scott. By the way, we did fantasy oh, feud this week. I got crushed. Oh. I got crushed. <laughs> okay, now buy or sell. Buy or sell. Tim Ackery, Reese Hoskins will be the Trey Turner, Gary Sanchez of 2017. Hoskins is a mustache in competitive leagues. I don't want to call him a bust for 2018 yet. I, I think there's, <laughs> oh, there's a Sanchez. chance that's good. Well, I mean, you're disappointed right, right now because he got hurt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that could absolutely happen in the second half. <laughs> And he could be awesome, and people will overdraft him based on 200 plate appearances, and we'll go from there. It's very, like, it reminds me a lot of Goldschmidt, though, his minor league ascension. Like, nobody was really giving him any credit until, like, the last days before he was called off. And it's, I know it's stupid to compare any minor leaguer to a player as good as Goldschmidt, but that's just what I always think of when I see somebody doing this. Hey, I don't know if you guys want to look at uh, Gary Sanchez's page, but I've seen a lot of ground ball singles since he's come back. Maybe a little bit lucky. Um, yeah, he did crush a home run two days ago, but yeah. a lot of I ground ball singles. Like he's top three catcher pretty easily. Is he top two, though? Top borderline top three at catcher, Scott. I, I, is Gary Sanchez number two? Maybe. No. I'd still rather have LaCroix. Okay. All right, by yourself from Ed. Miguel Cabrera, top five first baseman. Finishes. Hard sell. Sell. I sell. I don't know that I'd say hard sell, but I sell. 
I don't Ooh, think I have Freeman to though. The if Freeman's five. out for three months, that might give him a shot. Not a hard sell. It's still a hard sell. Yeah, I have ranked outside of the top five. Oh, I, I've had him eighth for about a month now. Uh, from Justin, Jose Abreu, buy or sell. Jose Abreu finishes the year with at least 25 homers and 100 RBIs and a 290 batting average for the fourth straight year. 290, 25, and 100 for Abreu. Two out of three ain't bad. Which one are you? I'm not going to give him 100 RBI. Yeah, that was. I'm, I'm not sure where he's at right now. I know he's up to seven home 21. runs, which puts him on pace for at least that many home runs. Um, I'll buy it. He's a little under the pace. I'll buy it though. Okay, we got Owen. Owen T. Buy or sell Garrett. Garrett Cole finishes the season with a sub three ERA, and he's a top fifteen starting pitcher. I I gotta sell the ERA, and I'll probably sell top fifteen too, though that that'll be pretty close. Yeah, I think I buy the top fifteen and sell the sub three ERA. Buy, guys. I I offer you my Jake Arietta for your Garrett Cole. What do you? Which button do you click? What's my record? You are three and three. I probably accept it. You take Arietta. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. From Brad Green, buy or sell. Bellinger and Conforto are second round picks next year. Oh, whoa. whoa. Hard sell. Yeah, that's. Ask me again in August, but I'm selling for now. All right, I'm going to rephrase it. Buy or sell. Bellinger and Conforto are fifth round picks in 2018. Ooh. Maybe one, but not both. I could see it with Conforto more likely. Right. Yeah. I would still sell it right now, but it's. Certainly more possible, obviously. Who would you rather own, Bellinger or Conforto? Conforto. 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 Buy yourself from John. Wilson Contreras will get playing time and become a top five catcher. I'll still buy it. Yep, I buy it also. Okay. And from Matthew? Where are you going to take inside of him? <laughs> That's kind of, yeah, again, I'm I'm a borderline top five catcher. Okay, there we go. Uh, from Matthew, buy or sell uh, Cody Bellinger as a top 12 first baseman. Sell, like we said earlier, sell. the position is way too deep. Yep, I also sell. All right, I gotta pull up the first base ranks here because I'm thinking like, like we all just said we think Jose Abreu is going to finish with 290, 25, and 100. And do any of us have him in the top 12 in first base? <laughs> I don't think so. The, I, the position's just yeah. I have him 14th. I have him 15. Hmm. Wow. And he has him 15. I mean, when you start to consider guys like that, you're playing at other positions. Maybe. Well, certainly Posey, Carpenter. I don't know. With, yeah, with with Thames. I think Bellinger's basically must start now, and and normally we're only including guys within the top twelve at an infield spot. But first base is of course different, and he's dual eligible. He's yeah, yeah. he's a must start outfielder, I would say. Okay, and uh, Stephen from a remote island in the North Atlantic. Yeah, uh, no idea. Greenland. Okay, thank you, <laughs> uh, dear Pennywise, Bill, Georgie, and Richie. Are those all from it. I know Pennywise is. They, they're redoing it. I'm very excited. I think it actually looks yeah. good. Like I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. That was the first big book that I read. Pennywise was a punk band also. Maybe that's wow. what they're referring to. <laughs> that Get would it. mess you up if Get that was here, the first big book I think it was, you read. I think it was 12. It was like 1,100 <laughs> pages. Explains a lot. Uh. It was awesome. Buy or sell, Andrew McCutcheon is back. Just Bye. joking. No, sell. Just joking. Uh, buy or sell, Josh Bell is heating up and becoming the power threat we thought he could be. I... We'll thought, buy that. I who thought all the scouts. Did you see that home run last year? Just the the sound when it came off the bat, <laughs> the moment, and he hit the ball, and you just felt something. Yep. Yeah. No, he's not. 
Yeah, uh, he has a 27% hard contact rate and a 28% home run to fly ball rate. No. All right, so we got two sells and a buy. Uh, I think that brings us to our underachievers for the day. Underachievers day. All right, I'm going to tell you a name. You tell me what you think about him. Christian Yelich, and, and these aren't just like the slow start guys that, you know, we've talked a lot about Encarnacion and other players like that. Let's talk about some guys we haven't discussed all that much. Christian Yelich is batting 272, 323 on base, and just a 391 slugging percentage. Five home runs this year. You know, I looked at the contact rates, soft, medium, hard contact rates. They look almost identical. But, but yeah, I don't know. You tell me. Christian Yelich, reason to worry here or, or just a slow start or what? I view him as exactly the same guy he was coming into the season. I think he's actually. I don't don't think I've moved. Well, he. I think he's moved up because other people have moved down, but I have not. I have moved him neither up nor down. He's moved down because other people have moved up for me. Yeah, like Judge and Sano and Thames is the only person that jumped him. They're they're all ahead of him. I think in Fordo, I have ahead of Yelich now. What's up with Thames? He didn't play again last night. Strep throat. Strep throat. I did not see that. Thames watch. Spread from his legs to his throat? No, well, he's had a strep throat. He's been sick for like four days, actually. Thames watched today. Uh, he's losing strength. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he is. He said he's losing some strength. You know, he's been sick. So get get well soon. That's okay. I got to tell you, Scott uh, and everyone, if someone offered me Christian Yelich for Aaron Judge, I think I'd accept. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Uh, I would decline. Give me the track record. I don't, in Roto, I don't know that I would. Yeah. It in, might it points, might make a difference in points. I in would. points, I might play it safe and go Yelich. I probably wouldn't do. It would probably depend on who I already owned, actually, because they're basically the same tier for me. It's really hard to trade same position, same tier guys. Yeah, like that. At that point, it's just a coin flip. For some for some reason, shooting myself in the foot by inaction bothers me less yeah. than shooting myself. Oh yeah, in that's the foot by proaction. I think that's uh. That's like a natural human psychological trait. Yeah. I think there's a term for it. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, doctor. Okay, Addison Russell. Be nice if Addison Russell, you know, ever hit. He's batting 220 right now with three home runs and two steals and wasn't very good last year, but I know there were some positive indicators. Scott, you had Russell as a breakout. Are you losing hope? Yeah, a little bit. I am. But at the same time, if he's your starting shortstop, like, how are you going to replace him? He's he's still going to be a startable shortstop all year, I think. The Babips, crazy low. The strikeout rate's even lower. All right, I need to look at this closer. I just kind of answered off the cuff. But Maybe. he's also not hitting the ball hard at all. He has he's a tired. 23% tired uh, hard hit rate. Although his soft contact rate is also <laughs> down, so... Yeah. It's, it's All right, maybe situation. I spoke too soon. There is, there is definitely a Monstars thing going on here, um, with the Cubs and the Yankees, I think is the answer. Is that every player oh. on the Yankees <laughs> stole every player on the <laughs> Cubs, uh, powers. I'm all for that. Uh, well, alright, so you don't think that, that Addison Russell's droppable? I mean, you guys said you'd take him over Zach Cozart. No, and, and looking at the peripherals, I'm, I'm actually even more encouraged than when I first started speaking about him 45 seconds ago. I still have him as a top 12 shortstop and like the, the mid-teens shortstops are so absolutely gross that I can't imagine ever moving him below them. So you wouldn't drop Russell for Hernan Perez? Nope. I've got him 18. <laughs> okay. Come on. All right, moving on, uh, to two outfielders. 
Adam Jones and Andrew McCutcheon. Two outfielders that I kind of think are very similar, except McCutcheon walks. But they don't stand out in any category anymore. And their home runs are don't really stand out the way they used to. And I just think they are declining. And I don't understand the stubbornness with Andrew McCutcheon. He is so clearly in decline. So tell me... What what'd you say? Nobody's ever said he's not in decline, Adam. But accept it. Like he's he's him. Like he's just done. He's free falling. And there's a difference between done and in decline. Uh, I okay. Go ahead. The Pirates think he's just been unlucky, and for the most part, they are right. He's got a two twenty five BABIP. Mm-hmm. I, and, and a he's, two, he's got an 18% strikeout rate. 214 not, batting average here. I'm not worried about him. He's, he's gonna hit 25-ish home runs. He's gonna have 80 to 100 runs in RBI. He's gonna Is he? Steal, they, they got one of the worst lineups in baseball. He's going to steal 10 to 15 bases. Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, I, I, look, he's not the 315, 950 OPS guy anymore. Nope. Uh, he's not a, an absolute must start stud, but I'm probably still starting him. He's kind of killing. I think he's team Creed right still, now. Still pretty close to must start. I think he's so replaceable, Andrew McCutcheon. Like <laughs> season long, no, he's, he's not going to be replaceable because this week. Se- season long, he's going to play you know 150 something games, and he's not going to be replaceable. When you look, oh, he's top 30 outfielder. Week to week, like I'd play the hot hand. I'd play Brett yeah, Gardner I, over Andrew McCutcheon. This, McCutcheon. This is, it annoys me when we inconsistently apply these standards because you guys made the same case for Eric Hosmer being like a top 12 first baseman a couple years ago because he's finished as a top 12 a bunch of times. But it's mostly just that he's playing 150 games. If we don't think these guys are top 30 guys when they're playing, then they're not. I think Adam Andrew McCutcheon is. But we're applying these standards inconsistently. I, I disagree with you. I mean, you talk about what I just recently said about Eric Hosmer. I said... Eric Hosmer is a bylo. This was like a month ago. Eric Hosmer is a bylo candidate in a league where you have to start a corner infielder because he's solid. And at the end of the day, he's going to put up his numbers in a roto type league like that. I ne- I, I never and I said that Eric Hosmer doesn't even it's need just, to be. Hold on, he doesn't even need to be rostered in like a twelve team points league because he is replaceable on a week to week basis. He is very similar to Andrew McCutcheon. I, I agree with that analogy. I don't yeah, think I've I've applied the logic differently. I've been in so many arguments. Folded into one here. It's hard for me to even keep up. I, I don't agree with much of what's being nope. said here, and I, I think like I'll a, just leave it at that. I, you, I don't <laughs> necessarily not not you specifically, but most people's. I don't necessarily believe in your ability week to week to pick the random outfielder yeah. that's going to finish below McCutcheon or the first baseman that's going to finish below Hosmer that's going to be better than them that week. I think if you play that game, you will be wrong more often than you're right, even yep. if you're really, really smart. Nah, yeah, that's true. I don't agree. Um, but I will say, getting back to your original point about McCutcheon and Jones, like if you've been aggressive on the waiver wire with outfielders, there's a good chance you've added Judge, you've added Conforto. Uh, you know, maybe you drafted J.D. Martinez or Ian Desmond, and they've since come back. Like, the, Jones and McCutcheon, kind of like Yelich for me, they've both slid down my rankings because of ev- all the changes that have happened at outfield early on here. But my opinion of them themselves hasn't necessarily changed. So, yeah, they may be bumped out of must-start territory in three outfielder leagues for me, depending on what else I have at that position. I guess last thing on this is that Adam Jones was like an eighth, ninth-round pick. This year, 
Andrew McCutcheon was still a fifth round pick. And I just, I don't really get that. I feel like if you're going to value him, it should be like Adam Jones. It seems like people have recognized that Jones is a solid player that is not spectacular in anything anymore. And it seems like they don't feel that way about McCutcheon. Adam Jones also wasn't falling from as high a spot. Right. And uh, I think that there was still, I still had hope that McCutcheon's batting average was going to bounce back to the 280, 290 range this year. And I still, I still kind of think it should. Okay. All right. Uh, and then Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, is he turning it around two good games in a row? The Cubs have backed him. They have faith in him. He's still leading off. 24 walks is great, but uh, 188 batting average. He's just been a, an underachiever, that Kyle Schwarber. Let me find the numbers. Because um, I've been a Kyle Schwarber skeptic. Um, in the month of May, he has cut his strikeout rate to 18.6%. He has increased his ISO to 235. He has increased his hard contact rate to 45%. And yet he has a one, one 35 Babbitt. So basically Kyle Schwarber has been the guy we hoped he would be in the month of May, except that his batting average has not cooperated. And that means what? Kashwarber's about to break out. He's fine. I don't think he's going to live up to the expectations some people had for him as like a must-start stud outfielder. Um, but I think he's going to be very good moving forward. Bravo. Finally, we have D. Gordon, who is the number 18 second baseman in both points and roto. Gordon is hitting 250, 304 on base, 308 slugging percentage. Yak. He does have uh, 12 steals. Yeah. Well, so he's giving you what you drafted him for. If right? I told you he had a higher walk rate than 2015, a lower strikeout rate, a higher line drive rate, and a higher hard contact rate, what would you say about D. Gordon? Uh, that, well, he wasn't even that good in 2015. By the wait, 16 or 15? 15. Oh, he was very good then. Sorry. Yeah, in part I would say partially he got really lucky in 2015, and partially he's been unlucky in 2017. Yeah, like he's probably got 30 to 40 points of Babbitt progression coming. He's at a 291 right now. He's a 338 for his career. Yep. I think he's probably a 290 hitter. And once that happens, I think he's going to be a must-start uh, second baseman in Roto, and probably well, he's pretty- already must-start in yep. Roto. But more beyond just the fact that he steals bases. Because right now he's just a one-category guy. I think he's going to be a three-category contributor moving forward. Yep, 290, 50 steals, 100 runs. All right, oh, then. There's a chance the Marlins fire sale. There is your Underachievers Day. Thank you very much. Let's do Dude, Where's My Strikeouts? Parentheses, Rick Porcello stole them. Rick Porcello... Has a better K rate than Clayton Kershaw and Steven Strasburg. What is your reaction to that statement? Uh, well, surprising. <laughs> He's also, uh, has a enormous home run rate, which is also surprising. Um, but, like, I just don't know what the standard, like, what it would take for me to not value Rick Porcello as a top 25 starting pitcher, given how hard it is to break that threshold. I mean, he's eating innings for a really good team and getting strikeouts. So, uh, I don't know. It's been a mixed bag. He's been hard to figure out this year, but I'm, I'm not exactly discouraged. Well, when you look at Strasburg and Kershaw, 
do you see anything that makes you think they just won't be as good as you expected this year? Um, in Strasburg's case, I believe I, we talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. I think he's ditched his slider um, for the most part. Yeah, he's throwing it 10% less. That was a big swing and miss pitch for him. His curveball is not really a big swing and miss pitch. Um, so he's just, he's not going to get as many swing and miss pitches or, uh, swings and misses. And that's by design. He's throwing his slider less because he believes it played into the forearm issues he had last year. All right. So, you, so you think the strikeouts could legitimately be less than elite from him, from Strasburg? That would be my expectation. Yes. Okay. Guys, how about Johnny Cueto? Cueto has a 4.50 ERA now. I think that you know the ERA is still inflated by six runs at Colorado, but he's just you know he's not having a great year. Any concerns about Cueto? You look at the game log, and I feel like two thirds of his starts are exactly what you expect from Johnny Cueto. So I have a hard time getting concerned, even though it's led to an inflated ERA. Are you feeling Kyle Hendricks is back on track? He's got a 1.82 ERA in his last five starts. The velocity is still not back, right? Like, not at all? Mm, that, uh, not according to what I read this morning. They said it's coming back, or it might be back. I think where he is for the season overall, I think he's got like a 3-5 ERA right now. That's pretty much um, where I would expect him to be moving forward. Kyle Hendricks. Is it 3-5? I thought it was a little lower. Oh, uh, it might have been lower. 3-35. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, in that range is certainly where I would expect him to be. Alright, well that's, I'll take he's that for a good still team. Still a solid number three starter. Lance McCullers or Kyle Hendricks? McCullers easily. Yes. Dude, yeah, let's take McCullers too. 15 walks for McCullers in 54 and a third. He is at three scoreless starts in a row. He's cut his walk rate in half and, uh, doing great. I'd be a ball pitcher now too. But, but we do know that, uh, he's injury prone. So does that factor into your evaluation of Lance McCullers? A little, but I think it's <laughs> earlier when I was, um, talking about the changing pitching landscape and how we've only really seen one pitcher break through as an ace level pitcher who wasn't there before. And it was James Paxton. I think we can add Lance McCullers to that group now safely. I, I think we can probably add, you know, if we're stretching the definition of ace a little, we could probably add Michael Fulmer as well. Okay. And let's talk about these starting pitchers, the fringy starting pitchers from yesterday. And you tell me who you like from this list. Matt Shoemaker, Alex Cobb are 75% owned each. Do you think that's low for Shoemaker and Cobb? I do, especially for Shoemaker. I, I was pretty encouraged by this start. It got up to a very rocky start, but the defense wasn't helping him out. The strikeouts are there. The swinging strikes are there. I think Shoemaker's pretty close to a must bone. Yeah, I think so, too. I've kind of come around on this. His, he's had bad Babbitt luck this year, and his walk rate is completely out of character. If those both correct at once, then you're talking about very reliable pitcher, probably. And he's and he's back to throwing the splitter a bunch. Yeah, uh, Shoemaker again, 75% owned. He struck out nine White Sox with 17 swinging strikes and six and a third yesterday. Alex Cobb, I always struggle with him. I feel like I never know when to start him and when to sit him, but maybe I should just start Alex Cobb. Uh, last four starts, he's a 2.63 ERA, but the strikeouts are so low. What do you think? I'll be very interested to see Alex Cobb's next start. I believe he threw 113 pitches in this one, which was the most he'd thrown in several years. Um, let's get through the next one, and then I'll start to get excited. 
Well, I think he's going to be a two-star pitcher. Let's confirm that. Uh, yes, the Angels and at the Twins next week. I'm starting him. Yeah. Shoemaker is at Tampa Bay and at Miami next week. Woo! Pick him up. 75%. I'm looking at Shoemaker's page again, and it, it looks like he hasn't actually had bad Babbitt luck. So I take that part of the evaluation No, early back. in the season, he was, I think he was throwing his curveball a lot more. He was throwing his splitter a lot less. Like we've said a lot, he has one good pitch. He needs to throw it as often as possible. Once he does that, that's when I get excited about him. All right, that's Matt Shoemaker again. Two starts next week. Um, what else we got here? Okay, a little bit deeper. Patrick Corbin, Miguel Gonzalez, Jesse Hahn, Joe be a genie. Had to do it. Patrick Corbin, Miguel Gonzalez, Jesse Hahn, Joe be a genie, Fultonevich, Arena, Arena. Rather, Kashner, Garza, Christian Bergman for Seattle, who did a great job yesterday, and Yolisha Seen. Did I say any names? I mean, like, Corbin is obviously much more owned than the rest. Right, he's the only guy that I'm really interested in having on my team. And even that is very borderline. Like, put, I would, I would drop Shoemaker for, or I would drop him for Shoemaker. Yes. Yeah, put Bia sure. back in the bottle. Uh, did, did you mention Alex Cobb in this group? He was a in the, within the shoemaker group. Oh, all yeah. right, sorry. Well, but what about Fultonevich? Fultonevich has kind of had like one bad start. Yeah, he's been. Hmm. I, <laughs> what was the comparison I had? I made a comparison to myself this morning, and now I can't think of it. You know, the comparison I think actually makes a lot of sense is kind of like sub peak Andrew Kashner, because like Andrew Kashner had a few good years, and it was always like. Man, with that fastball, this guy could really ramp that strikeout rate up, and it just never really happened. I feel the same way about Fulton. Oh, you know what it is? Matt Harvey is currently Mike Fultonevich. That was the comparison. Ah, I was I thinking made to myself. Mike really mean to Mike Fultonevich. Mike Fultonevich <laughs> is peak Tom Kohler. That's what I was thinking. But uh, he's got like he's still got a four seven seven fifth. It, it yeah. doesn't sound like any of us feel very good about Mike. Fulton. Yeah, it no. doesn't sound like that at all. Fultonevich, Jose Arena, I would throw in the same bucket of just like guys that when you watch them pitch, they'll go stretches where they look really good, but there's just no sign that it's actually going to happen. He's got some Edison Volquez in him. Sure. Um, okay, so anyway, back to, uh, oh, how about this? Be a genie or Fultonevich? Um, who's on, who else is on the waiver wire? Probably be a genie. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Man, it's really hard. To- <laughs> I don't. I don't think either are like unrosterable. Like, you know, they're much better than Christian Bergman or Andrew Kashner or Rania Garza. I'm not sure that Fulton Evich is much better than Andrew Kashner. Okay. Or be a genie, for that matter. Should we finish with some buy or sell here, part two? Yeah, it can't be worse than that last two minutes was. Andrew was McCullers, that- top 18 star. Yeah, I know. Why did we p- talk about some bad? De- bad pitchers or what? Start Rysel Iglesias in your starting pitcher spot instead of those guys. I think I just called him Andrew McCullers. Lance McCullers, top 18 starting pitcher. Buy it. Uh, I am 19, but there are some injured guys ahead of him, so yeah. I think I'm 20th, so I'll sell, but you know, kind of a technicality. Josh Bell, best hitter on the Pirates. Sell. Sell. I uh, also sell. Who is the best hitter on the Pirates? Andrew, Andrew McCutcheon. Ryan Braun's injuries linger all year, and he finishes outside the top 30 outfielders. Um, I'll sell. I, yeah, I'll sell. 
I I don't have it ranked that way, and yeah, you couldn't. But I understand. Like, I kind of want to buy it. I'll say it's so. just it's so hard to actually predict injuries. Well, but he currently has one. Sure. Buyers, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but buy or sell Amir Garrett having a better season than Tanner Roark in the head-to-head points league. Garrett oh. better than Roark. So. I sell it. I'm I'm really skeptical of Garrett's success so far. I will sell it solely because I think Roark's going to throw a ton more innings. Yeah, that especially in head-to-head. Buy or sell from John. Greg Holland will finish the year as the National League saves leader. Got a nice, he's got like 13 right now. Head start. Huge the Rockies, lead. the Rockies have been smoke and mirrors with their pitching so far. So I don't know that they're really as good as they've shown. Uh, but then again, they're getting John Gray back and Tyler Chatwood and, and Tyler Anderson may have underperformed a little. I'm still going to, I'm going to sell it. I'm not sure that he can get 51 to top Wade Davis. So I will sell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today, Thursday, May 18th, let's take a look at the schedule. If you hear this podcast early, are you starting Tanner Roark? You're not starting Tyler Glass now, but Tanner Roark at Pittsburgh. Yes. 100%. Dylan yep. Bundy at Detroit. Yeah. Anxiously. Well, no Cabrera, so that helps. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a, there's a lot of regression due on both sides of that equation. The Tigers have been one of the unluckiest offensive teams in baseball. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman on the mound. We're not going to start him. Nope. All right, this is a fun one. Herman Marquez at Irvin Santana, Colorado at Minnesota, first of two today. Well, definitely Santana. Yeah, I, I think I'd start both. I probably would, too. I, I don't – you know, if, if we're talking DFS is like a, a – um, uh, We're talking daily lineup settings. Yeah. Uh, standard fantasy, it just seems too risky to start Marquez. I started Marquez. I've got a feeling, but we'll see if it works. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is like an opportunity to see if he's going to be worth starting on the road. Uh, we got Phillies at Rangers. Nick Pavetta, Martin Perez. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Amir Garrett at the Cubs against John Lester. Just Lester. Lester. Zach yep. Davies and Jared Cozart, Brewers at Padres. Nope. Rockies at Twins, the nightcap. Tyler Chatwood, Jose Barrios. I'm starting Barrios. Yeah, and I think that's the only one. We got Marcus Stroman and Julio Tehran, Blue Jays at Braves. I'll go both. Yeah, I'm starting them both. I'm worried one of them's going to get ejected in the first inning. <laughs> Yankees are at the Royals, Jordan Montgomery and Danny Duffy. Start them both. Start them both. Uh, I don't know that I'd start Montgomery. I wouldn't against a different lineup, maybe. Right. If you like Montgomery at all, he has the Royals and the A's at home next week in a two-start week. So you might want to pick him up before this start because there's a good chance it's – well, there's a, there's a chance it's good. He's, he's yeah, interesting-ish. He's, he, his Yankees whip is so high. What's that? Yankees have seven games next week? I don't know. Right now we have him listed as a two-star pitcher, so I do not know what their schedule is. Jordan Montgomery has a 140 whip, just so you know. The Yankees do play seven games okay. next week. All right, six and one. Perfect. Very excited. Uh, let's see, Red Sox, there's a lot of games today. We have, uh, Velasquez making, Hector Velasquez making his debut against Sonny Gray, Red Sox at A's. I would prefer not to start either. At A's? Yeah. I might, I, it's possible I'll start Gray. I want it. Uh, man, who are these Mariners pitchers? Sam Gaviglio 
against Dylan Covey. Yep. And Edison Volquez and Hyunjin Ryu. Nope. Oh, so the Dodgers are sticking with the six man. Yeah, pass. Yeah, I also. Marlins hit lefties well. Yeah. And Stanton has like a 1400 career OPS at Dodgers. Oh yeah, he he kills it there. He's gonna, he's gonna hit three home runs off Ryu. Zach Cozart is to Wrigley Field as Giancarlo Stanton is to Dodger Stadium. Important thing that you need to check out on the internet today, Adam. Mm -hmm. Someone tweeted a picture of Matt Holliday and Aaron Judge flexing. Oh. And Matt Holliday's biceps dwarf Aaron. Yeah, yeah, he's he's completely jacked. Oh, he's, he's dad strong. He is dad strong. Aaron, for Aaron sure. Judge isn't a dad. He has monster biceps. <laughs> Matt Holliday's been carrying kids around for years. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much. This is the uh, Thursday show. We'll come back tomorrow and get you ready for week eight. Wow, and much more on fantasy baseball today. See ya.